Gracious and loving God, we come to you right now saying, it is by your faith, our faith in you, that we stand. Lord, we thank you for your healing power, your touch, and your gracious spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, come. You have already engulfed this place, but continue to surround each of us with a loving and caring touch. Lord, as I go forth and bring forth the word, move me behind the cross, that the words that will come forth will be words that will encourage us to go forth in your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen. This part of lectionary in this time of the year is called ordinary time. And many of us know that if we've lived long enough, there is no time in life that would be considered ordinary. It is a time when we have a chance as preachers and those who deliver the word to bring forth the stories of the Bible that tend to be ignored through other high and holy seasons. The way the lectionary works, we have an opportunity in a course of three years to visit all throughout the Bible. And in the ordinary time, this is a time to really reflect upon how great God is. As ordinary as it may seem, there are extraordinary blessings that come even in the ordinary time. There are things that happen that transform our lives and we have to ask questions and God has yet given us many answers. I'm studying a book called Keeping Holy Time for the lectionary year B and many of my sermons, that is the book that I use to do my commentary study. And some of the questions that came forth through the messages this week dealt with living our faith. So I say to you this morning, what about our faith individually, collectively, as well as extraordinarily broad even in the body of our faith, body of United Methodism? What about our faith bears fruitful witness? Turn to your neighbor and simply ask, Neighbor, is your faith bearing fruit? Don't answer immediately. Just take a moment to think about it. And then kind of sit with yourself. And every now and then it's good to talk to yourself. So I want you to just ask yourself this question. Self, is my faith bearing fruit? When you think about those two questions, we can ask others, and when we ask ourselves, we have to think about, does our expressed witness match our walking witness? Does our expressed witness that comes from our mouth match our walking witness, which is the actions which we take on a day-to-day -day basis? This morning we're going to explore just a few of the passages. The um, lectionary offers us an Old Testament reading, a new a psalm reading, 
a gospel reading and an epistle reading. The psalm reading is Psalm 146. Please make notation of it. I'm not going to read it, but I will highlight a few things from it. James 2, 1 through 17, even though the reading only went through verses 10, I will move through 17 in my passages that I'll preach from. And then Mark 7, 24 through 37, I will highlight some of the actions of the miracles that came forth in that. So I do ask you to make notations because the important part is sometimes when we go back and we reflect, we need to simply be able to ask God the questions in our hearts. Is my faith bearing fruit? Psalm 41, Psalm 146, verse 1 through 7 simply says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live, and I will sing praises to my God for all my life long. I do not put trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to earth, and on that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those who help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord thy God, who made heaven and earth to see and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever. And then it goes on to say, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. For you see, the Lord opens the eyes of the blind, and the Lord lifts up those who are bowed down, and the Lord loves the righteous. For you see, the Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphans and the widows, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. For the Lord will reign forever and ever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise ye the Lord. As we begin to look at understanding is our faith or examining whether our faith shows partiality, the connection between all the passages in the lectionary caused us to reflect upon what is our faith journey. Are we bearing fruit? Is our walking witness matching our express witness? Do we understand that the praise goes unto God? This week I had a chance to experience both the height of glory and the challenge of saying goodbye. When we are in the midst of faith-bearing, we have to understand there are things that happen in our lives that are simply greater than us. If we were to look at simply our own individual self-worth, our own individual faith, and base it only upon who we see and how we connect, we would miss all the greatness of how good God is. For God is bigger than the individual. God is bigger than the moment. And God is bigger than who we are separately and collectively. For God is an awesome wonder. 
scripture says he both made the sea and the sky. He laid the stars and he did all things in greatness and abundance. And when we look at just how awesome God is and the task that he took upon himself as God the Father, when he allowed Jesus Christ to come incarnate into the earth, being born of a woman, he allowed us to see the human and the divine yet together. But we were not there when he was here, if we put it in the past tense. But great is the gift of salvation. And great is it to know that a true and humbling experience of a man who sacrificed his life allows us to know today a true and living God through simply the awareness that he gave us instruction. We are reminded that he said that we should love our neighbor as we love ourselves. In the book of James, we are shared these precious words. Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters. Has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised? to those who love him. If we were to ask ourselves, are we bearing fruit? Are we actually connecting fully? Some of us would get great reports. Some of us would get challenging reports. And some of us wouldn't get reports at all. But God is the one who looks at those things. But he looks at those factors in our lives, not from a level of judgment, but from a level of, is there faith connected to your works? And is there works connected to what you're doing? And are you doing it out of the simple love for your neighbor? James 2 and 8 says, you will do if you really fulfill do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. As people of God, as people that have been churched and had a religious relationship, we tend to know as African Americans what it means to struggle. But we're not the only people in the world who have struggled. We are not the only people in the world who have seen the hand of God move throughout our lives. We are not the only people who can bear fruit through our faith. But our witness needs to be a great witness. Because the clouds above indicate that there are seasons in this lifetime where people of color have experienced a level of poverty and oppression by others, none greater than right here in the United States. We could go across the world and analyze just where poverty exists. But if we missed analyzing the impoverished nature here on earth, we would miss it in our own community. Everybody is not financially rich, but God promised richness to all of us if we just believe and walk out our lives in a faithful way. Oh, 
richness is in dollars. All richness is in a monetary thing. We need to address what it looks like to be rich in spirit, rich in family, rich in love, rich in honesty, rich in glorious understanding. Because when somebody walks in, their clothing shouldn't stop us from allowing them to worship the Most High God. All right. I wanted to just pick on the teenagers for just a moment because you too have to be pricked to a point to say, what in my face am I bearing any fruit? Have you ever gotten to a new school? Anybody in a new school right now? New schools. Whether it's new elementary, new middle, new high school, new college, new experience, a lot of times when we experience people, first up, what do we do? We look at them. What they wearing? Yeah. How is their hair fit? Yeah. Oh, they need a manicure. We make little personal judgments based upon where we are, hoping that they ought to match up with where we are. But what happens when the person comes in and looks a little different than you? Is your face bearing fruit? Do you invite them over? You say, hey, I was the new kid on the block last week. And extend a spirit of welcome. Or do we kind of distance ourselves and say, until they say something to me, I ain't going to say nothing to them. The students, I wouldn't want you left alone by yourself because I'm not picking on you. I'm just asking, is your faith bearing fruit? What is your outward action telling the world about your faith? Some of us are retired. Some of us are in jobs we've been in a very long time. Some of us haven't had a new person in our department in years. But yet and still, we have decided by some course of judgment or action, we don't say anything to the lady on the second floor. They always park their car strange in the parking lot. But by prayer and supplication, if we ask God, what is it that you want us to do? Maybe we would be exhibiting an act of faithfulness that shows no partial, no partiality. What is partiality? Partiality is a course, is a way of immediate judgment. Because you're wearing these things, doing these things, acting this way, you can't come over here with me. You can't sit on my pew. You can't come to my club. You can't go to my events. You can't be here with me. Ooh, you need a shower. Don't come up here near me. Those are acts of partiality. And God has called us through what James is saying, that we should not be people of impartiality. We should have a hospitality, a spirit of welcome, somewhere people can always come, regardless of the situation. The door should be open and a spirit of extending our hand saying, come on in, take a seat. There's praise going on here. Is your faith bearing fruit? For Jesus said his preferred action from all his children is that we would have a spirit that would welcome and show love to our neighbor. 
And then the, the reading encouraged me. And James, as I went down and looked at verses 2 through 17, it called me into an understanding. Verse 11 simply says, For the one who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. Now, if you did not commit adultery, but you committed murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. That's a heavy statement because basically it's saying do all that you can not to commit any of these things. But I thank God that we live under grace. And even with grace, he calls us into order. The state of Texas will arrest you if you murder somebody. And you might have an opportunity to stay a while in Huntsville if you carry a gun. If you take somebody else's belongings, you might even go up the street. But even with all of that, God says there's mercy and grace that is extended upon you. There is forgiveness that's allowed, and your faith can save you, even though there's consequences of your actions. That's good news because that means any of our sins can be forgiven. Some of us say, I don't like God, so you don't have to worry about me murdering anybody. But James in another passage also talks about our tongue. And it can be murderous all by itself. We have some looks as people of God, even with all the deliverance and the grace and the mercy that God has extended upon us. We can shoot a look. Is your faith bearing fruit or is there something that is so distant about you that keeps people from coming up on you and you like it like that? Because we give excuse to it. That's just the way I am. I warm up after a while. I'm encouraging us to get warm before we come to church. I'm encouraging us to get warm when we're at the grocery store. I'm encouraging us to be warm when we go get our coffee. I'm encouraging us to be warm when we go pass our check. People come to the bank where Angela is and they just be fussy because the check don't look like she didn't make the check up. If it doesn't get cash, it's not because she's doing her job. She can't make money being your cap that's in there. I mean, miracle happened, but that's not Angela's job. <laughs> but the peace and the love of Jesus Christ is in us. If your faith is bearing fruit, you got to allow it to activate. And I'm not saying that we all need to look alike. And all need to live exactly like. But John Wesley, through his writings, encourages us to do as much good as we can. We don't just need to give and set aside. Yes, some people can give so that no one be hungry in their family. But we're asking you to stretch. If I ask you to put your arms out right here, put your arms out in front of you. That is your natural existence. That's as far as you will stretch naturally. But if I had you just to lean and stretch a little further, you got to bend your back a little. you got to touch a little further. you got to stretch a bit. You'll get that when you get home because some of you ain't stretched that arm and you're calling it arthritis. And it's not arthritis. It's because you ain't moved it. Amen. It ain't 
on offer. Don't put that one on offer. You ain't moved that part of your body since the last time you went to aerobics in 1978. <laughs> Ouch, some of us are saying, Ouch, she's stepping on my toes. But we have to be willing to understand where we are before we can realize that we have to stretch. Live faithfully. Feed the hungry. Because there are hungry people in our community that aren't just hungry for regular food. They're hungry for faith. They're hungry to see it in each of us. They're hungry when they look in their eyes and say, will you go to church? Ooh, they do a lot of stuff at that church. Are you part of what y'all do at that church? They're stretching to see God in each of us. But if they can't see it, they may not come. Is your faith bearing fruit? In the gospel message, Jesus heals a lot of people. But more importantly, in the healing message, he has a common statement. It's not because they touched Jesus, but because their faith made them whole. If your faith isn't bearing fruit, or your faith isn't really believing all the way, there's room for it to grow. Our spiritual maturity requires us to get to know God, so God is already in our presence. Get to know what Jesus Christ does through study. Get to experience God through tradition, and our tradition and our experience through worship and calling upon Jesus. The Methodists weren't always quiet people. As a matter of fact, when I came here, it reminded me so much of the church I grew up in. I said to myself, man, these are some quiet Methodists. We weren't always quiet. Because many of the hymns that Charles Wesley wrote were come out of the bars in England. We understood a beat and a, and a liveliness that said, we love our Lord. But we became, in some ways, a community impacted by partiality. For our history caused us to be separate and apart. 300 plus years of slavery is a tough area. But our belief during that time was a belief that we would go on to the heavenlies and that this time on earth was simply a sacrifice to get to the heavens. Yes, we want to have eternal life, and that's what we're all seeking, that we would have that great reunion. But when God transformed our life here, he expects us to do something right here. Are we bearing fruit? I say to you with love, it is well with my soul, and yes, we are bearing fruit, but God in call and tells and encourages us to walk the talk, for our fruit to bear more fruit, that fruit to bear trees, that fruit to be built upon new levels of understanding, because it is by faith in Jesus Christ, it is by depending on the Most High God, it's about stretching to reach where he says that we need to go, that we will begin to bear a new fruit. In the book of John, John 14 reminds us that there is a season of pruning. 
And that's sometimes a difficult space where we come into a truthful relationship to say, really, where are we now, God? What is it that we do well? Well, I, I applaud what we do well. As a matter of fact, I am excited about what we do well. And I encourage us to continue to do that and more. But I also challenge us to look at what we don't do well. In this upcoming church conference, we're asked to do a survey that we are going to be as a church given the opportunity to assess where we really are. Some of that is going to feel like our arms have been cut off. What do you mean this is the number? It is not about the number. It is about understanding what is fruitfulness. What does it mean to walk in a fruitful relationship as an individual, as a body of Christ, and as a community? God has called us into a reconciled relationship with Him, and that reconciliation comes by faith. It also comes by forgiveness. It also comes by mercy and grace. It also comes by being an active fruit bearer in the kingdom. A lot of things you do to bear fruit I will never know about, but God does know. And the things that we have to be addressed in our personal spaces, God is beginning to address those because he wants all his people to be fruit bearers. He wants all of us to walk by faith and not by sight. He wants all our walks to match up with the walk that we have. What comes out of our mouth ought to be represented in our spirit. I want to leave you with this challenge. Say we were a people that could not hear, but we could see, but we could not hear, thus saith the Lord. With what we live and do as a body of Christ, be able to make a difference in your life. If we could not speak it, but we could do. If we could not speak it, but we could live. If we could not speak it, but we could be all that God would call us to be. Would others know that our faith was a fruit-bearing faith? I am excited to serve this body of Christ. But I also will say we are in a season of transformation, evaluation, assessment, and reflection. All of us need to ask the question for ourselves before we ask our neighbor, are we bearing fruit? Let us go to God in prayer. Gracious and loving God, if we are not in a good relationship with you, we ask that you touch our hearts and our minds. If we're not in good relationship with each other, I ask you to touch our hearts and our minds, that we would be convicted to get straight what we need to get straight. I ask that we come into this season over the next three to four weeks as we prepare to bring forth the reports that you need from your body. Let us bring them forth truthful. Let them bring them forth respectfully. Let us bring it forth with love. Even if we are not a leader of this church, we are a body and we are one. Let us speak to one another and care for one another in a way that is pleasing unto you. Dear Lord, cover us, all of us that are sick and challenged in our physical beings. Speak a word of healing and wholeness unto us. 
But if we're not in relationship right now with you, we ask that you bring us forth in such a way that we will bow down unto you and be in right relationship so that we can do what you have called us to do, so that our neighbors will know that we are fruit-bearing by the faith that they see and experience through our walk. In Jesus' name we pray. The doors of the church are open. Will you stand and sing together?